You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you been struggling lately? Relationship issues impact every area of your life. When I found out about my husband's infidelity, I was so devastated. I could barely function. Sleeping was impossible because I couldn't shut off my brain. Eating was a challenge because I felt nauseous all the time. And for the first month or so, everything felt pointless. Whether you're having trouble sleeping, feeling hopeless, or just can't focus, BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. You can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to help that might not be available in your area. Just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you'll be matched with a therapist in under 24 hours. Then you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. I know that confidentiality was important for me, especially early on when I couldn't even get my own mind wrapped around what was happening. And it was so comforting to be able to speak with someone candidly about everything I was going through to validate that what I was feeling and experiencing was completely normal. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Special offer to flaunt, create a life you love after infidelity and betrayal listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash flaunt. That's betterhelp.com slash flaunt. Flaunt, F-L-A-U-N-T. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Hello and welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. I'm Laura Cheadle and today we are going to talk about rewriting your betrayal story. Not only are we going to talk about how to rewrite your betrayal story? But we're also going to talk about why it matters. So no matter where you are at on this journey, whether you just found out recently about the betrayal or whether you've known about it for quite some time and are still dealing with it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you were at. It also doesn't matter how much information you know or don't know about what happened with the affairs. The only thing that matters is you are willing to sit down to see this chapter in your life as just that, a chapter in your life. And to start writing and then rewriting 
and maybe editing some more and rewriting yet again your story, the story of your betrayal. Okay, so who am I and why should you trust me? I'm Laura Cheadle, as I said, and I am a betrayal recovery coach for women. I was betrayed by my husband. He cheated on me for 15 years with five different women, and I never had a clue. Never had a clue. I was beyond devastated when I found out. And now, five years after finding out, I can honestly say that his betrayal and this journey has brought me to a place in myself that I am really grateful for. No, it's not that I'm glad this happened, but the woman that I have become because of this journey is somebody that I wouldn't trade for the world. And not only do I feel more confident and capable, but I am more clear about myself, my boundaries, my desires, and I know what I want in life, and how to go after what I want. I am more able to deal with setbacks. And I think that I am a kinder, more compassionate and loving and understanding person than I ever was before. So yes, there were definitely gifts that came from this betrayal. Okay, did you see what I just did there? I kind of gave you the little lowdown story of my betrayal journey. And what kind of a story was that? Well, there are some elements of tragedy in there, absolutely. But ultimately, it was a survivor story. That little nutshell of me telling you who I am and why you should trust me, that's my story. That is my version of the events. That is the narrative. The story, the summary, and my interpretation of what happened to me and to my husband through this betrayal recovery story. So when you think about a story, what I want you to think about is the fact that everything in our lives that has ever happened, that's happening now, or that will happen is, in some form or another, a story. Humans tell stories. Humans learn by stories. The way that we make sense of our world and our relationships and everything is through story. I want you to go back to mythology, whether it's Greek mythology or Roman mythology or Aesop's fables or or anything. They're all stories. Even the Bible, the Bible is stories handed down. Fairy tales, nursery rhymes, they're all stories. And the thing with stories is we remember them. We relate to them. We learn from them. And then we pass those stories on down, down to our kids, down to our grandkids, down to our friends, our sisters, our families. We are meaning making machines, and we are storytellers. 
And you might be thinking, oh, I'm not really a storyteller. I'm not, I'm not great at telling stories. I don't know. And you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. But whether you consider yourself a good storyteller or not, I know that you tell stories. And the reason that I know that is because all humans tell stories. Think about the last time you got on the phone with somebody and told them about your day. You told them a story. You told them the story about your day and whether it was a good day or a bad day or a funny day. Even in text or emails, when you're truly finding out about what happened in somebody's day or what's going on with them, what you're doing is you're telling a story. Yes, in text or on social media, it's a smaller story, but that's what you're doing. That's all you're doing is telling a story because that's how we communicate. So here's what I want you to think about. When you are telling a story, whether it's on the phone or you run into somebody in the elevator at work or you run into somebody walking around the lake at the park or whatever it is, whenever you stop and somebody says, hi there, how are you? And you will say something like, I'm fine, great. I've got this really funny story to tell you. Or you wouldn't believe what I just heard. I can't wait to tell you about. Or, oh my God, you wouldn't believe the day I am having. It's been an absolute nightmare. Wait till you hear all of the stuff that happened to me. The very first thing you do before you launch into a story, whether it's an oral story or a written story, is you frame that story. What do I mean by frame that story? Well, just that. You give that story a frame. This is going to be a funny story. Or pay attention. There's some really good gossip coming up and you're going to need to know this. Or, oh my gosh, it's been such a traumatic, horrible, bad, crazy day. Be careful. Listen to these stories. Before we tell stories, we frame that story. So our listener will understand what we're telling them is funny. That it's okay to start laughing. It's okay to start smiling because they can expect a funny story and it sets the mood. It sets the tone for our entire conversation. On the flip side, when we're telling a story about, say, a family member who has been diagnosed with untreatable cancer or some random disease, we frame that in a different way. We say, I've got some horrible news for you. Are you sitting down? I don't know if you've heard, you're not going to believe this and and I don't want to ruin your day, but, and then we launch into that story. So that's what I mean by a frame. We frame the story for our listener so they can better understand what to be listening for and how to react emotionally to that story. And that's the very, very first thing that I want to challenge you to think about when you think about rewriting your infidelity and betrayal story. Because chances are, if you're anything like me, as you're learning about your partner's infidelity, as you are learning that everything that you relied on and counted on and knew to be true isn't actually true, it's 
devastating. Your heart breaks. Your entire life shatters. Your self-worth is gutted. And you feel horrible in every sense of the word. So that is the first frame of a betrayal story. It's a tragedy. It's a sad story. It's bad news. It is miserable and awful and terrible and all of that. And that might be the first iteration of your betrayal story. And you know what? That's actually a really, really good place to start because it is a tragedy. It is horrible. It is catastrophic. But here's what else I want you to know about stories. When we tell a story, there are four different parts of that story. The first part of that story is how we see that story, our point of view. You've got the frame, whether something's a tragedy or a comedy or something like that. But then you've got your point of view. And the point of view that we tell our stories from is from our own point of view. This is what happened to me. He did this to me. She did this to me. This happened to me. Because it did. It happened to us. And we are telling the story and communicating the story to others from our point of view. But here's where that starts getting a little bit tricky. Instead of just telling the story from our point of view and then letting it be or moving on, we, as thinking, meaning-making people, take that to the next level and we say, oh my gosh, how are other people going to see my story? What are other people going to think of me? How are other people going to see my story? So almost immediately, we bounce from, this is my story, this is how I feel, this is what I'm witnessing from that whole first-person point of view, to, oh my gosh, what will people think? How will people judge me? What will they think about me as a partner, as a wife, as a mother, as a friend, as a lover, as whatever? How are people going to judge me? And almost immediately, we shift to that other perspective. And that's where things start getting wonky. Because we don't know what other people are truly thinking. Which launches us into the third place. How we think other people are perceiving or judging what happened to us in our story. So suddenly, no longer is it about us and our point of view, or them and their point of view, but it's how we think they are perceiving us. How we think they are perceiving us in our story. Do you see how these layers are starting to build? And I said there's four. There's four of these. We still have one more to go. So not only... Are we experiencing this story and having to tell it? 
But now we're worried about what other people, how they're watching our story, and then how we think that they're watching our story because we really can't be in their shoes watching us. So now we're thinking about how they are judging us. And then it moves to the last layer, to that last level, and how we respond according to how we think other people see or judge or perceive our story. No longer are we just acting, hey, this happened to me and this is what I'm going to do. But now we are so caught up in how we think we should respond based on what we think other people are expecting us to do. One of the common things in the whole infidelity space is when we find out that our partner has cheated on us, we think we're supposed to leave. We have got our own story. It might be, I want to leave. But on that second level, it's what other people are looking at us. What are other people thinking when they're looking at us? How are other people perceiving this? Are other people thinking I'm the problem? What are other people thinking? And then we get in our head about what we think that they're thinking. Oh my gosh, I bet they're thinking I'm the problem. I bet they're thinking I'm crazy. I bet they're thinking I didn't do this right. I bet they're thinking, oh, she's gained weight. It's all her fault. But then that last level is that response. I bet they're thinking that I should be leaving. I bet they're thinking that I really was the crazy one and that it's all my fault, and that I wasn't a good partner, and I bet they're expecting me to leave. Ooh, or maybe they're expecting me to stay. Maybe they're expecting me to beg. Oh, I don't know. Maybe they're expecting. And pretty soon, almost instantaneously, we go through all of these four sections, these four quadrants in our head, and then suddenly, we're not just telling our story. We're not just reporting from our point of view, but we're reacting and responding based on all of these things that we think about what other people might be thinking. And then we're reacting and responding, not by the ways we think we should react and respond, but what we think that they think that we should be doing and how we should act so we can prove that we're doing a certain way or having a certain thought or doing something like that. I mean, it's crazy. And if you got confused listening to this, then Can you imagine how confusing it really is to live all of this? And this is why rewriting your betrayal story is vitally important. Because it's going to help you untangle and break away from all four of these perspectives and point of views and start getting really, really, really clear on what did happen. And how do you feel about what happened? And what kind of a story are you going to create from this? Like I said, it starts off as a tragedy. It starts off as an absolute shocker. But how is it going to end? How is it going to end? How are you going to rewrite this story in a way that serves you? Because here's the thing. Your betrayal story is your betrayal story. It's not the story of the person who cheated on you. 
It's not the story of your kids or your friends or your family or your neighbors. And it is most certainly not the story of what you think other people think about your story. This is your story. And because it's your story, you get to keep it and frame it and work with it and make it your own. Because like it or not, this story is a chapter in your book going forward for the rest of your life. And yeah, that really sucks. That really sucks. Because never in my wildest dreams did I want a chapter in the novel of my life called Infidelity and Betrayal. Not once, not ever was that anticipated or deserved. But the thing is, I've got it now. And so do you. And what matters is how we write and rewrite that chapter. How we reclaim our story going forward so that chapter does not negatively impact our life. Unless, of course, we choose to let that chapter negatively impact our life. When I was a kid, choose-your-own-adventure books were popular, and I had several of them, and I loved them. I don't know if you have ever seen the choose-your-own-adventure books or not, but they're little paperback novels, and at the end of each chapter, you were left with a decision to make. And it'll be like, if you were going to... I don't know, slay the dragon and, you know, right off into the sunset, turn to page 12. And if you were going to turn around, go back home and build a dragon proof fort, then go to page 17. So it gives you the two options of what to choose. And then based on what you choose, you go to those page numbers and then you read the next chapter about what happens. So if you choose to slay the dragon and you go to that page number, then the story picks up right there. As she was slaying the dragon, blah, 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 blah. And it takes you through the whole rest of the chapter. And then once again, at the end of the chapter, you are left with a decision. If you choose to go into the inn and have dinner with your new friends, go to page 20. And if you choose to not go to dinner, but to go upstairs and to go to bed and to prepare for the next day, go to page 23. And then same thing. It just keeps going with these endless options. So at every single point in the story, you get to choose what you do and the story develops because of your choices. And of course, it was so much fun then to go back time and again, and reread the same story, but making different choices along the way. And it was so fun because that way you could see the impact of your choices. Because sometimes it's really hard to choose and sometimes you kind of wanted to do both. And I loved those books because they provided such an endless amount of entertainment and options. But here's the thing, that 
is so true to what life is. Every single day, our decisions and our choices impact the rest of our life, sometimes in ways that we are acutely aware of and sometimes in ways that we'll never know. I don't know if you have ever like had a commute where you can take two alternate ways. You can take the highway or you can kind of take the back roads. I used to, and I used to have sometimes these sensations like, ooh, maybe I should take the back roads. And then inevitably I would get all tripped up in my head and I'd be like, uh, what does this mean? Is this a message? Is this a sign? Should I be on the back roads? Is this just me thinking or is this really a message? Oh my gosh, what if I take the back roads and something bad happens on the freeway? Ah, but what if I take the freeway and then something bad happens on the back roads? Ah, and I get all tripped up in my head. And it's my guess that you've probably had similar circumstances and situations like that in the past where you know that the decision you are about to make is a fairly pivotal decision and it causes stress. Because you really don't want to make the wrong decision. And real life is not as easy as the choose-your-own-adventure novels where you can just go back and make a different choice. While this can be frustrating, because you can't just go back and make another choice, it can also be really, really empowering. Because it shows you just how easy and just how doable It is for you to literally choose your own adventure after infidelity and betrayal. It shows you how easy it is for you to choose this chapter, to choose what it means to you, to choose what it means for you, and to then use this chapter as a pivotal chapter in defining the rest of your life. As I said at the beginning, when I said, let me tell you a little bit about me. And then I launched into my chapter, the summary of my infidelity chapter, my infidelity story. It started off catastrophic. Everything was horrible. And then I rebounded. I got some new information. I got some new understanding. I reached out. I got counseling. I got coaching. I did a fair recovery retreats. I read all the books. I did all the podcasts. And I ended up becoming the hero of my own story. I ended up liking myself better. I ended up as a stronger person. I even ended up with a better marriage. Why? Who knows? (laughs) And a lot of different reasons. But what I can tell you is the reason that it turned out for me is because that's how I was going to write this chapter. By God, that's how I was going to write this chapter. And I didn't know what it was going to turn out to be. 
It's not that I necessarily went in saying, I'm going to save my marriage and have a really good relationship, and I'm going to become the best person ever, and this is going to be such a blessing. No, 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 no. I didn't go in thinking that at all. I had no idea what was going to happen. I had no idea if my husband was going to come to the party, if I was going to want to be with him or away from him. I had no idea. But what I did know is that this was not the end of my story. I knew that I had a whole life ahead of me. I knew that I had many chapters in the story of my life. And even though I knew this was a pivotal one, I also was determined that this was not going to be the chapter that took me down. I was determined that this was not going to be a chapter that took me down. And whether it was flourishing after divorce, or finding new love, or deciding I never needed love again because I was enough on my own, or repairing my marriage, none of that mattered. The details didn't matter. What mattered was the frame that I put around that story. And that frame was one of success and agency and power and perseverance. For me. So that's my first question to you is, what is the frame that you were putting on your story? Is it a tragedy? Is it a drama? Is it a success story? What is is this story. In my book, Flaunt, Drop Your Cover and Reveal Your Smart, Sexy, and Spiritual Self, I have a chapter that's all about the elements of drama and writing the screenplay of your life. And in that book, I ask you, I ask the reader to literally imagine, visualize, or pretend Their life is a screenplay. And just like you're watching a screenplay and you're going, oh no, and your your heart is breaking for the characters and you feel so dejected and you're so caught up in the story. But when you can look and you can see that, oh, this movie is only a third of the way there. Or we're only a half way into the story. Or even if you're three quarters into the story, what is important is you know that the story is not complete. And that's what I'm asking you to think about. What are you going to write for that next chapter? Let's kind of move through some of the elements of drama. Because that's going to help you start thinking about how you're going to write this next chapter. The setting is the story where the story takes place. What is the setting of your life right now? And is that something that you want to change? Are you happy living where you're at? Or is this infidelity journey maybe the catalyst to move? Maybe move different houses, different neighborhoods, different states, different countries. How is the setting going to change now that you have had this betrayal chapter in your life? 
The plot is the sequence of events that make up the story. Okay, there were a lot of things that happened that led up to the infidelity. Maybe you didn't see it then. Maybe you were like me and were like, holy cow, I had no clue. But then looking back, there's some things where you can say, ah, that makes sense. It's almost like those things were being foreshadowed. and Hints were being dropped in. I didn't see it. But now, now that you've seen those, how are you going to go back in and loop those elements, those plot lines? How are you going to tie those plot lines together now? You were like at the crux. You were at a really important point where everything has been revealed. How are you going to tie together these plot lines and move forward? The next element is the characters. Those are the people that are in the story. Your partner, your kids, your coworkers, your friends and your families. Are these going to change going forward? Is it time that you brought some new characters into this? The next element is theme. The theme is the main idea or the lesson of the story. I mentioned earlier, like the Bible or Aesop's fables or fairy tales. Those are all told to teach people a lesson. Don't lie. Don't cry wolf. Don't steal. Good things come to those who wait. Every story has a moral. What's the moral of the story? What's the lesson? What about for you? Maybe it's trusting yourself more. Maybe the moral of your story is learning to listen, to trust your gut, to speak up for yourself, to advocate on your own behalf. What is the story, the lesson, the main idea that has come from this? Now you might be thinking, I don't know. It's just horrible. And I think the main idea is he's a horrible person. Okay, that's great, but this story is being told from your point of view. It is about you. It's not about them. It's about you. You are the protagonist. They, the person who cheats on you, is the antagonist. They create conflict to move the story along, but this story is about you. I don't care about your cheating partner's lessons. I don't care about the other woman's lessons. I care about your lessons. What is the lesson that you learned through this? And here's what's really cool about that. It doesn't matter if you don't know. It's not that you have to decide once and then let it go. All I'm asking is for you to decide a little bit right now. Say, you know what? I think my lesson was I didn't trust myself. I think my lesson was, I was always seeking approval. I think my lesson was, I made a martyr out of myself. Pick one. 
Just pick one. Write the story around that. And when I say write the story, of course I mean write it out on paper, on a computer, but you can also speak it out. You can also think it out. Figure out that frame. Figure out that point of view. Figure out the lesson. And then start writing about the setting and the characters and the plot and the action. And just see what comes up. See what comes up. And the reason that you want to do this is because we are meeting making machines. Because here's the thing, this is your story and your story can change and your story should change. And as you get more information and as you understand things more, you can go back and start filling in the details. And speaking about going back and filling in the details, beware. Beware, beware, beware. Right now, when you think about your betrayal story, what gaps are you filling in with your own judgment, with your own presumptions right now? What do you know about what really happened with the affair, with your partner, with their affair partner? And what are you just filling in? And here's the million dollar question around that. Could I be wrong? Could I be wrong about some of these assumptions that I'm making? I am assuming that my partner cannot love me because how can you love me and still cheat? How can you do that? But is that something you know for sure? Or is that something you are presuming based on what you know about yourself, perhaps? What you think should be based on what other people have said, or based on things you've read or believed in the past. You don't know if your partner loves you or not. You don't know exactly what was going through their head when they decided to cheat. It can be entirely possible that they loved you very much and that it was their own insecurity driving them. It could be that they didn't love you. It could be that they weren't sure if they loved you. It could be so many different things. But what is important to know is, what are you presuming? And what is fact? Here's another good thing to ask yourself. Once you've written down your story, whether it's, you know, in longhand, typing it, or just saying it to yourself and thinking it through, ask yourself, what parts of this story serve me? What parts of this story serve me? What parts of the story make me the hero? What parts of the story make me the victim? What parts of the story bring me down? 
What parts of the story hold me back and limit my thinking, my passion, my desire? What parts of the story make me into somebody that I'm not? That was a big one for me. I did not want to be a bitter, hateful, resentful woman who had been victimized and ruined. I didn't want to be a cynical, man-hating, sad woman. When I first started thinking of my story and living my story and processing my story and being my story, I was such the victim. I was the good, faithful, kind wife who was taken advantage of. I was completely victimized. I had been perfect and kind-hearted and good. And I had done everything for the marriage and for my partner and for the kids and for our family. And I was completely used and abused and unappreciated. And it was awful. And I had wasted the best years of my life. And I was never going to find anybody else. And I was old. And I was heavier than I had ever been. And I was bad, bad, bad. And it was going to be awful. And it's okay because that was my story. Because that's what I was living for a while. And that's what I was thinking. But then as I started looking about that frame, that frame around the story about how bad it was and how much of a victim I was, and I saw that that story didn't serve me in any way. That story didn't help me in any way. That story held me back. That story made me old and ugly and worthless. That story made it so I truly had given the best years of my life. And that didn't serve me. That story made me into everything that I didn't want. And that's when I started reframing the story. It's not that I'm creating new facts. It's not that I am making things up. But I reframed it in a way that empowered me. I was victimized. I was, of course. You were victimized too. I was taken advantage of. Of course, you were too. So what am I going to learn from that? So now what? What happens in a good story when somebody is victimized and taken advantage of and hurt and brought down and lied to and cheated? What makes a really good story? When they empower themselves, when something good comes from it, when they survive, everybody loves a survival story. Everybody loves the against all odds stories. And no, for the first year, I was too exhausted and heartbroken and confused and miserable and in a state of trauma to just like bounce up and start writing my survival story because that's not realistic. But somewhere in the back of my head, I kept thinking, how is this story going to serve me? How, how is this situation going to empower me? How is this thing, this horrible thing, 
going to make me a better person? What is it going to do for me? And I just sat and I let that question hang. And you betcha, many, 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 many nights I had no idea how to answer that. And many, 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 many nights I was cynical and I was sure that nothing good was ever going to come of it. And I beat myself up. But I still allowed that question to hang. What in the story is going to serve me? How is this chapter in my life going to be pivotal and make me better? How is this chapter going to launch me? And then sometimes I would pick up books, actual, real, physical books. And I would mark off a chapter somewhere in the middle and I would think, this is it. This is just a chapter. I'm just in this chapter. I can't see the ending of it. It's too thick and dense and heavy and horrible to read. But what I can see is that it's just a chapter. It's not the end of the book. There's more story left. This is not the end of the story. I will get through this chapter and there are more chapters to come. And I would flip and I would flip and I would look at the book and I would hold it. And sometimes I'd be like, oh, good God, let's get through this chapter. But just holding that book tangibly in my hand was such a powerful reminder that this is just a chapter. It's not my whole story. And just like a choose your own adventure novel, I get to choose what this chapter does for me and I'm going to choose something good. And I didn't know what that something good was. And I still don't completely know what that something good is. But what I do know is this. It's launched me in ways that I haven't ever imagined before. It's made me stronger and happier and more powerful than I ever thought I would be before. And interestingly, even though this is my story and my point of view and my chapter in my book, the things that I have accomplished because of this chapter have also impacted and influenced other people's stories. Most significantly, my husband's, because we are still married, my kids, my family, my friends, my listeners, all of you. I wouldn't be here talking to you right now if this horrific, awful, horrible story had not happened in my life. Without this chapter, so many things would not be here today. Things that I am ultimately grateful for, not only for myself, but for other people as well. And going back to what I was saying about point of view, my story, my point of view, then how instantly I move into what other people are going to think and what they're going to think I should do and what I think about what I think they think and blah, 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 blah. Here's what I think you should think (laughs) about that. Being aware that that is a normal, natural thing, that we all fear judgment that we all are confused and don't know what we want. 
that we all crowdsource information. Just knowing that already tones down the judgment. Knowing that it's okay to be worried about what other people think, that it's okay to try to act and react in quote-unquote appropriate ways makes it okay. It makes it better. You as a kind, loving, normal person are and will be concerned about what other people think. You have already been hurt by the person that you trusted the most. So of course you should be concerned about what other people think. Why wouldn't you be? If you weren't concerned about what other people would think, you might be a sociopath. It's normal. All humans worry about what other people think. And to give yourself grace around that. And to not beat yourself up and thinking, why am I so worried about what I'm going to look like? Why am I so worried about what people will think? You are because you're a good, kind person. You are because it's normal and natural to think about that and to worry about that. So let that one go. Ground into your heart, ground into your center. Pull out your pen, either literally or metaphorically, and start writing this story. The story of your life with yourself as the protagonist, with yourself in the center, with yourself making decisions. And that's something you can even write in. You can write in how you are so kind and loving that you are concerned about how other people think. But because you are also acutely aware that this is your own adventure and that you are choosing your own adventure, that you are able to breathe, (sighs) ground, center, and make powerful decisions on your own behalf. It is such a good trick with whatever it is that you're struggling with to write about it. To write and acknowledge, I am struggling with. But I overcame it. And this is how. If you're anything like me, sometimes you read the end of a book or the end of a chapter first. Sometimes it's too stressful and you just need to know how things are going to turn out. Or you like looking for clues along the way. That's what's really fun sometimes when you reread a book is finding all of the clues that you missed along the way. I'm a huge fan of all the Harry Potter books, and those are so fun to read a second and a third time because you catch things that you missed the first time around. And it's fun. And with your own story, that's something you can do too. You can jump ahead. You can jump ahead right now. And she lived happily ever after the end. And you can fill in the gaps along the way. Because writing is not necessarily linear. Write what you know. Leave out what you don't. 
be open to change. Understand that you're probably making a lot of presumptions about facts that you don't really know. And step squarely back into choosing your own adventure and making decisions that will impact the next and the next and the next chapters of your life. I've got a betrayal recovery toolkit available on my website for $19 that includes a beautiful downloadable meditation. The chapter of my book on writing the story of your life and a journal that you can use either electronically or with a real pen to actually physically write this chapter, to write and close out this infidelity chapter of your life. So if you're interested, go to lauracheadle.com and pick up the Betrayal Recovery Toolkit. But until then, no matter if you're writing or speaking or thinking, no matter if you're at the beginning of this chapter or you're all the way through, but you still keep flipping back to it, writing it out, understanding it in terms of story, in terms of chapter, in terms of choosing your own adventure, will help bring you perspective and peace and power moving forward. So my challenge to you is to rewrite your infidelity story and to choose the next adventure in your life. Have an amazing week. And as usual, always remember to flaunt exactly who you are because who you are is always more than enough. One of the hardest things about finding out that your partner has had an affair is the shame and embarrassment talking about it because it makes you feel like you did something wrong, that somehow you weren't good enough and that you didn't keep them happy. And there's such a misperception in the world around what affairs are like and what it means when somebody has had an affair. That's why I have created a monthly support group for women who have been betrayed by their partner. It's for women who are really ready to move through the grief and the pain in a healthful way so they can claim what's possible for them on the other side of infidelity and betrayal as quickly and as healthfully as possible. And part of that is having community, having community with people who were positive. There are so many online support groups where everybody's just really negative and grouchy and they just vent their own pain and they vomit their pain all over you. And this group is nothing like this. This group is honest. Yes, we're honest. But it's also about support and community and holding each other and building each other up. If this sounds like something that you would be interested in, go to www.flourishafterinfidelity and sign up. When you sign up, you'll immediately get the Zoom link to our next meeting, and then you will be in the loop and you will know when each monthly meeting is about to occur. I really look forward to having you there, to building this community of strong women together. Once again, it's www.flourishafterinfidelity.com. And we'll see you at our next meeting. 
Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com.